What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <sighs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Middle cough! Hey, be! Hey, Hebs! Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Do the, do the Creed voice. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Because I saw that Derek said, we'll welcome him with arms wide open. Derek Carr said that about uh, Antonio Brown? Yeah, he just said, with arms wide open, and someone's like, clearly Derek listens to Creed. With arms wide open. What's wrong with that? It's good that guy, I, I, I always kind of like Creed, I'm going to be honest with you. They don't do stadium rock like uh, Queen, but... No, it's hard to top Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I mean, did anybody ever just hire Queen to play in the stadium? Just three songs. Well, yeah. Uh, you're saying like a, like uh, how were they never hired post game Super Bowl like halftime show Super Bowl but well, then when they don't did, play We Are the Champions. Fred, when did Freddie die? Like the late eighties, early nineties, ninety four. So they were pretty bit. When do you think they really took off? Like mid eighties or before that? Yeah, maybe even a little earlier. Yeah, they couldn't have been halftime Super Bowl show and then stick around for the post game to play We Will Rock to play. Yeah, the I, think his, I, I think the timing, you know, you they were probably right about to really come into that. Because I think people started thinking that about the mid-90s. Yeah. So if he would have, if you would have told me like Freddie Mercury You're saying those songs weren't played until later, like in Well, stadiums. I just think like when the internet started, it just really, like if, it, if you would have said Freddie Mercury died in 2010, I would have been like, guy, remember those seven Super Bowls that fucking after Queen would come on and Brady would get up and sing with them? With the trophy, like there might have been some of that. You but know, your your you premise is they didn't play "We Will Rock You" in stadiums in 1989. No, I, I just think the idea of getting them live, "We Are the Champions" after gotcha. March Madness for like those guys, it's an easy million bucks in their pocket. It would have been a no brainer in like 2003. <laughs> but I I just think the timing was off. All right. Let, someone let us know. I don't know when they, how long they've been playing those those songs. Um, We've had, music right now. I mean, R. Kelly falling apart. What did you think of that uh, performance? 
on the interview? Yeah, with Gail. I mean, it's just a desperate man that knows he's fucked. It's incredible. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. The, the chest like, pound. I, my favorite part was that he got up to storm out, and then was like, "Nah, I got some more stuff I want to say." I'm fucking fighting for my life. And uh, then the guy yeah. comes in, is like patting him on the shoulder, patting him on the back while he's getting makeup. What about when she's like, uh, you know, the the earlier trials that you were a part of are kind of relevant to everything because you have a history of this. He's like, "No, I do not. I was." He he refused to say like I didn't do it. He's like, I was acquitted. I, like, I was acquitted. And she's like, so, but you're not saying you didn't do it? He's like, I was acquitted. Like, R. Kelly, you're making yourself look way worse right now. You're which, basically admitting you're a super rich guy to get off. Which which camera's mine? Dude, you know which camera's yours. It's right. This one? That'd be crazy. That'd be insane. It'd be crazy. He starts pointing to his head. That'd be crazy. Like, yeah, dude, you're crazy. We think you're crazy. We... Like, in the history of humanity, a lot of people have done things that are illogical. Usually for mer- for, for, for revenge or for sex. Like, uh, we, we get that it's illogical. We, we think you did something crazy. That's what we think. Yeah, that's what we I think. Know. I'd have and to be crazy. He, well, he flip, yeah, but, he flips crazy. It around, but guy, he flips it around on you. Because now you realize he's probably about to go to jail. You think I would be this idiot? Like, use the common sense. Like, that's... That's actually pretty genius. You don't often hear criminals go there because they know they're a criminal. They know they're looking at the bars. I mean, they're headed to jail. Yeah. So you just go, you really think that I would do this? Like, you, use the common sense. No, R. Kelly, we all believe you not only did it, continue to do it, and you're a fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you stumble upon leaving Neverland? Uh, I didn't stumble upon it. I, I had the choice to watch or not watch it. I have not. Have you? I figured this would come up at some point. I yeah, started I just, reading the descriptions, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm. I'm not. I don't know if I want to watch it. I would say the difference between Leaving Neverland and R. Kelly is like we've known. It, does anyone think that Michael wasn't touching little boys? Like right. I, what? Like what did I need? To me, it's kind of crazy. Just you get you just forget about Michael, and then. <laughs> You just Neverland Ranch. The dude had a fucking ranch with like, I mean, he's probably one of the most famous humans in the history of the world when you just factor in just pure fame. The dude had a fucking ranch from, you know, a zoo, like a little kid's zoo, and then to rides. I mean, it, pretty nuts, guy. When he died and they got, they started going into his house and pulling all the stuff out, it became pretty hard to deny. They just started going through his stuff. And I was like, there's some weird stuff here. Yeah, to to uh, me the Michael and that's one, why I think it really got everybody was like, oh okay, yeah we, even though there was plenty of evidence before then, but I I'll say this guy, R Kelly it feels like publicly, like public figures, and just regular people like you just go on social media, I'd say the approval rate that people saying yeah R Kelly did some weird shit with young girls, is like ninety nine percent people think R Kelly is messed up. I typed in hashtag leaving Neverland. Sometimes I like doing that to get a feel for Twitter. And if you don't do the latest, if you just do the normal, it'll come up with just with like the most popular people on Twitter, like the biggest followings, what they said about it. Like Wendy Williams, just all these people in the entertainment business that are pretty big, that clearly huge Michael fans just absolutely flat out deny it. think people are making it up. It's pretty nuts. Like like Kyler Murray's height. Yeah. Yeah. 
there is a distinct difference into the responses of R. Kelly and the responses of Michael. And, and honestly, I defend Michael a little more in the sense of his dad fucked him up so much. Like, Michael wasn't born wanting to be some pedophile. It all goes back to his childhood that was so messed up. Usually now, does, again, right? Yeah, it, it's not... I, I, I don't think usually. he don't set that, out but... to be young Michael to be this crazy-ass pedophile that loved 10-year-olds. Right. But that's what... Uh, Tito Jackson's brother? I forget his dad's name. Uh, Tito's a brother, right? Tito's brother, yeah. This podcast, if that's all a little heavy for you, is brought to you by Ease. That's E-A-Z-E. The best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Anyone 21 or over can get verified online in minutes. I was, uh, yesterday, I ordered my first Ease.com order. In the area three, three Three sour diesels. Uh, 20 bucks a pop, so I got over that $50 threshold. Boom, already, and then you drop way back under 50 because you get $20 off your first purchase. When you, when you use you go the promo code HAM. Promo code HAM, and then if you go over $50, free delivery. And the guy, the one thing, you know, when you order food, it usually takes a while. I've had some food orders that like, Jesus Christ, I'm an hour and a half in. I, I'm going to start eating myself. I feel like the Donner Party here. My Ease order guy was in front of my building, I, I shit you not, in less than 10 minutes. It was incredible Whoa. efficiency. And boom, the guy hands me my baggie. Uh, must not have had the Ease bag because, you know, they're new to the East Bay, but I get the white baggie, boom, cut it open, get my sour diesel, and use a little while I watched a little LeBron last night. Wow, and you had to go You had to go to a Taco Bell parking lot to meet him? or he? No, he came right in front of my house. Because it's right. legal now. Yeah, because it's legal in the state of California. Here's the other thing. I, I got, I wrote this down. I made a note of it. Port, I know we got some listeners in the Northwest. They just entered Portland. Okay. The other thing is Orange County. I think they entered in the last month. I, we got a bunch of people that listen in L.A. Tell your friends in Orange County, ease.com. Tell everyone in Orange County, guy, ease.com, promo code ham, ease.com, promo code ham. Tell your friends, tell your friends. Tell your damn friends. Yeah, tell people you hate. Tell everybody. Yeah. Just share. Uh, all right, John. In honor of uh, Alex Trebek, who announced that he has stage four uh, pancreatic cancer, I believe. Yeah, not good. He's been doing Jeopardy since 1984, almost 8,000 shows. I went to the Jeopardy show archive, where you can find almost Every question and answer from the history of Jeopardy since Alex took over in 1984. It's j-archive.com. And you can search by, if you if you just want, I want every Jeopardy question or answer that involved the Raiders. You just type in Raiders and you get every single one. You, you want the Niners. You just type it in, you get every single one. You want an individual, right? You just want whatever michael jordan you type it in you get every single one that involved michael jordan somehow john f kennedy whatever any whatever you want so i pulled up a few here just to give you some ideas um i have the uh i have jeopardy from october 5th 1984 this was alex trebek's 20th show 20th show guy we weren't even born yet no i'm gonna take you to double jeopardy john this is where it gets hard 
Okay. That is hard because you get double the points. And keep in mind, inflation, 200 bucks is worth more than than it is now. Well, Elise, really quick, yeah. really, really quick on this, the psychology on this show, why do you think uh, in the history of America, besides like news shows and like live events, most shows have a finite time period. Yet this show, before Alex starts in 84 and you and I weren't even born, it still feels like it's going pretty strong. Like it's still pretty relevant. They haven't really reinvented themselves that much besides maybe like college edition and stuff. But for the most part, the basic premise of the show has stayed the exact same guy. Are people just drawn to knowledge? I think what, people what love – think about – everybody loves trivia. Him? Everybody loves trivia. I mean, yeah, he, he's great. Doesn't everybody love trivia? There's something for everybody. You can watch it on mute if you want. You're watching people compete. There's money on the line. But you can also compete with other people in the room. Yeah, he's been married. I'm just looking at his body. He's been married twice. He's a little older than you think. He looks fucking fantastic. Seventy nine. He looks fantastic for seventy nine. He signed an extension last year. So, but that's my point, guy. They they aren't like their show is doing well in, in a day and age when it's hard to get attention, on, especially on just basic. What what channel are they on? Is it CBS or ABC? CBS, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Not positive. Yeah, I'm not a big watcher. I'm not Here we go, John. Enough. 1984. Sports shifts is the category. Sports shifts is the category. For 200, please. Yes, I'll give you 200, John. Oakland is still fighting to get this team back. Uh, the the Raiders. <laughs> Things have not changed, John. <laughs> By the way, for 1,000. <laughs> Uh, Think about that guy. I mean, we're 40 years away. How great is that? Oh, man, I thought you guys were going to do something without shitting on him this time. Sorry. I, I just read a Jeopardy question. What do you want me to do? Well, you just typed in Raiders to see what would come up. That's correct. <laughs> um, let's see. I typed in uh, well, I typed in 49ers. Uh, here's, this, is, uh, this is the first round, so you could have you gone here. Uh, for 500, John... This defensive back, known for hard hitting, entered the football hall of fame in two thousand. This is this game is from two thousand one. Come on. Former Trojan, Ronnie Lott. Yeah. Actually now these tell you not only who the participants were, but who they Steve Goodrich, an attorney from Mesa, Sanjit Das, a TV producer from Virginia. Can, can you yeah. give me before we get to the show, I mean yeah. a legit like eight hundred question. I mean something that will challenge me. Okay. Uh in this uh, Dickens novel, the literature... No, is no, no oh. uh, sports-wise. Oh, 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 I don't think it's possible. <laughs> Why? Well, because th- these sports ones are like... If you're a sports fan, I think you get them all. But let's see, I'll, I'll just... Let's, uh, they are... They, sometimes when they have, like, football, I just saw this thing that went kind of viral. You realize, like, God, this is way easy. And I wonder if smart people think that about, like, God, that question for 800 on Rome. I mean, fuck, <laughs> what a joke. You know, how easy was that? Where I'm always like, I'm out by 400. Like, I don't know. Ulysses? Uh, I mean, like... I, uh, yeah, they're always easy. Uh, in... in uh, yeah, I mean, hold on. Let me click one more. I don't want to kill too much time here, but I do want to uh, find something good for you. Uh, well, it's see. why when the sports version did this, Stump the Schwab... They got Jeopardy version of sports. Yeah. Right? Okay. Got- here, here's a here's an oak. I mean, like you you'll like who was the third base coach on Babe Ruth's last team? You know, question like that. You're like, I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, all right, here's one. <laughs> the USOC, the United States Olympic Committee, named Dot Richardson this Olympic sports 1996 female athlete of the year. So we're looking for the sport. Uh, I'd go pole vaulting. Softball. Softball. Did you know that answer? Uh, I think I would have gotten that answer. I, I, I thought you would have known Dot Richardson. I, I did not know she was a softball player. Um, yeah, like a lot of these give you too many hints. One of two, yeah, I mean, God, there's if so you would have got if, guy, if you would have got Jenny Finch, I would have been all over it. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's try. Let me just try one more here. We got baseball managers as the category. In '72, Ted Williams became the first manager of this team that plays its home games in Arlington, Texas. Oh, yeah, the Rangers. Yeah, see, it's like it's almost a good. Um, born. See, I, I wouldn't have been able to get that if you just said manage this team. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Is they they make it so like here's one that you wouldn't get. Did you, did you know that he coached the Rangers? I did. Yeah, my dad has a newspaper clipping of it. How um, long did he coach the Rangers for? Not, not long. Not very long. Didn't it get pretty ugly? Like he was not good with players. Here you go. This San Francisco Giants manager has the same name as a 49ers running back. This is 1989. Uh, this San Francisco Giants manager has the same name. As a 49ers running back. Yeah. Who you have inter- you've interviewed the running back before. Ricky. No one ever named Ricky Waters has managed the Giants. Roger Craig. Roger Craig. Roger Craig. See, but that was – Roger Craig was like Kruko and all those guys yeah. coach. Humbaby, yeah, that's his thing. I, I'd, I'd forgotten about just what his name was. Yeah. Again, I'm not – you know, some people are hanging their hat on like, you know what makes Belichick great? He's a historian. Like, I'm a historian starting when I was really kind of competent and watched. I'm not – not that I haven't read – like, I read a Ted Williams book. My dad loved it. But I, I don't remember that many things I read. Just poor reading comprehension. I, I remember when I'm reading it. I just don't remember it after the fact. My, my, my his, history of, like, probably 88 and earlier, besides, like, Bird and Magic, is pretty shitty. Uh, yeah, I'm going through these again. They're just – you, yeah, you they're, they're easy. They're too yeah. easy. They're too yeah. easy. All right, uh, onward, Middlecoff. On we go. But, hey, go to jarchive.com. It's not a Jewish website. It's the Jeopardy website. Different than J-Date. J-Date is also where Jeopardy contestants meet to date. I do think they're going to get pretty strong ratings these last couple months. I mean, again. He says he's going to keep working, so. It's it's hard. It'll. It's a bad deal. Yeah. All right, um. Now I, you know, everything is the best we've ever seen, and all that. But is a scout questioning Kyler Murray's height after Kyler Murray got measured on a stage in front of everybody? The best combine drama there's ever been. I mean, not in terms of like the most drama, but the most outrageous. Did you watch the audio of Dan talking about it? Uh, no. So he went. He goes on this long, like he's like one guy that I've trusted over the years that doesn't fuck with me, and I can just ask. So it, a guy he's known for a long time, kind of sounded like maybe it's a GM, or it might be a head coach. He read all the positive attributes, like the guy liked Kyler, and then at the end he kind of just he's like it almost doesn't make sense. Like I don't even believe he's that tall, but he kind of said it tongue in cheek. It wasn't like I think that they manufactured it. 
and that's what kind of the headline was. Yeah. The way he kind of said it. In my first response, oh, and then I guess where he really kind of topped it off was, if he does not get measured at the Oklahoma Pro Day next week, he's a fraud. That's right. And he's duped us all. (laughs) And my response to that was, at these Pro Days, if, if Guy Haberman, starting quarterback, goes to the combine, you get measured, you're six two. You run. You run a four five. You, all the it's it's all good. And the only thing you didn't do there was throw. You don't do any of the other shit. You've already done it at the combine. You know what you do? I stand on my numbers. Like Kyler Murray, to me, it's normal protocol because I do think if he doesn't get measured at the at the pro day, it'll be a thing at least on Twitter, right? Oh, the damn guy knew it. And it's like no, he measured in when when you go to the combine. All the events, you know, when you're sitting on your couch and everyone listening probably watched bits and pieces of it, and you see, like, the guys with the groups, you know, and there's just people sitting there taking the times. Uh, Like, when you see a guy do the broad jump, you know when they show a guy's 40, and then before they do the workouts, they do, like, a montage of the verticals and everything, and there's, like, a guy. Those people are NFL scouts. Like, that's a dude from the Chiefs. That's a guy from the Patriots. Taking those numbers, so you can't really fudge them. Right, the forty you run. The forty you run when you're an underclassman at your programs combine, they don't trust. But the one you run where three hundred people have a stopwatch out and a laser, and Charlie Castley actually is the guy doing the stopwatch. He's sitting there at the fucking (laughs) forty with his arm out, uh, with an eye closed. Yeah, that's the one that counts. But here's the funny thing: is like, let's say he's that's irrelevant. The the more relevant story is the Casserly thing, which is. Basically, he questions whether or not he's a leader, whether or not uh, he's likable. Um, I know Lincoln Riley came out and said, I laugh at it. It's uneducated uneducated, and based on no direct knowledge. Um, I would say this, perfect prospects are hard to come by. Even Marcus Mariota, who we thought was perfect, got criticized for not being a jerk enough. So shouldn't be surprised by this. But I don't know. Everyone's jumping down Charlie Casserly's throat. Like, Are they, though? Yeah, Twitter's for well. Um, you're right. I shouldn't say everyone. I I, I do. There think is a Twitter faction is just of mean people to the old think, white guy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I just like, I, I, why would we not want this information? Plus, I don't know. You've heard stuff. I've heard stuff. Like I'm not one person saying something uh, from their meeting doesn't mean that's how the other 31 or however many meetings he took went. But I don't know. I'm not surprised based on stuff. I'm not surprised that there's something. Some questions about him. I thought Dan actually had a good point. He's like, because everyone is coming to Kyler's defense because Lincoln Riley has his back. Dan's like, of course Lincoln Riley has his back. He benefits directly if he's the number one. Also, he might like he might like him. Yeah. So you talk about agendas. Lincoln has an agenda. He's a pro Kyler guy. Kyler won him games. Kyler got him an extension. What would I expect Lincoln to say? He's a dick. Of course he likes him. Say it and on the record, Lincoln. Yeah, he's a, did Lincoln say that on a show or he tweet that out or something? Yeah, he said it. I don't remember to who, but he, he said it I, Thursday morning. I, I, yeah, I, I think that – isn't it kind of understandable that Kyler might not be as good on the board as some of these other guys that are fourth, fifth, fifth-year players that are three-, four-year starters? That, yeah, that are, they that run a pretty basic offense. That are year-round football players? That – what did Kyler do in the spring? I don't know. He played this thing called baseball. So when everyone, 
Do you know a big area you learn is in the offseason? In college, what do they call it? Spring football. In the NFL, they call it OTAs. You have meetings. You have practice. You have film sessions. Like, I think in college, what was it, like 15 practices till the spring game? Every college does a little differently now. But that's what you talk to these coaches. That's a big deal for them because all their young guys that don't play in the fall, that have never started before, and that are going to be starters because of NFL departures or graduation, that's their time to get reps and then be taught on it. Because once the season starts, you just kind of game plan. There's not as much teaching. Same deal with OTAs. You imp- It just, to me, it's kind of a natural thing. My only question would be, to me, here's the question that matters. Is he, does he have the intellectual capability and capacity to learn it? If he does. And desire. That, that's an element that you would have somewhat of a knowledge. But I, I, I would say it'd be pretty difficult for him to have zero work ethic to be able to do both these sports. Like he has to have some because there's just a level of just showing up to these things. Like it's not, it's hard. Just that level. Now, he's able to get by. Here's the thing I think about the film. There is no disputing his athletic attributes right now are superior to everyone he played. And that eventually gets evened out as he goes to the next level. Because, like, the one knock on RG3 is, you know, he wasn't a great teammate. Guys kind of thought he was a fraud. But the positive on RG3 was always like, God, he was a 4.0 student at Baylor. He could have gone to Stanford. He was He's really, really smart. But he couldn't read defenses. So one thing I learned when I was in the NFL, I remember the first, like, one of the first reports I wrote once I started doing some college stuff, like a year in. I, I said the guy was really stupid. Or, you know, I wrote that I had kind of known one of the guys. I just knew that he wasn't intellectually – his capacity wasn't – he's just not very smart. But he actually learned football really well. And I learned in the NFL, all they care about – they don't care if you're dumb or smart in life. I mean they do as long as you're not breaking laws or anything. Now you can break laws as long as you're good enough. But if you learn football really well – the famous story is like it took Jason Kidd – Five times to get the baseline of the SAT just to get admitted in the count. Like the, I'm talking 800 or something in that. Jason Kidd is not the smartest or sharpest tool in the shed. He is easily one of the smartest basketball players we've ever seen. You can be a genius at the sport and not be, you know, Frank, I think Frank Gore was like a seven test score. He's one of the smartest fucking players I've ever seen. Now it's different at quarterback because there's like, there's, EQ and IQ that is demanded, right? But again, I, I haven't heard anyone questioning he's smart enough. It's just they don't think he worked hard enough and didn't know what was going on. Is there any part of you that's open to the possibility that this is all, not no. all, but some? there's some Cardinals smoke stream going on here? Are you 100% in on the Cardinals want to draft him? Oh, I thought you were going to say, do you think there's a possibility this is all a smoke screen from someone to fuck with him? I don't think that's true. With the Cardinals starting to think that there is a chance. But it's going to play itself. But I would say it's not going to play itself out. If by the end of next week, Josh Rose is still on their team, I think people around the league are going to go, are they just going to take Nick Bosa you know, or Josh Allen or whatever they're going to do? Wouldn't you say that? If by – what day? We're recording this on Thursday. Free agency starts next Thursday. So let's say – a week, let's say in 10 days, when me and you are doing the show either in 10 days on a Sunday or Monday, and Josh Rosen is still on their team, more than likely we'd go, God, they're probably not going to take Kyler Murray, right? Because yeah. Schefter tweeted either last night or early this morning that 
the, the Cardinals haven't been that receptive on Rosen from teams trying to get a hold of him. Like, they, they can't get calls back. All these teams are hearing all this, but it's not like... Do you believe they can't get calls? Why, why can't they get calls back? Not call, Just that when I say receptive, yeah, I don't know. I mean, call back, I, I don't know. If he's traded, they're taking Kyler Murray. If he's I, not... It, like people are kind of almost with that. What, what I think when I hear that is like people are almost like, yeah, we're just going to wait for this thing to play out. Pe- maybe people think they can get him for a fifth. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you think it is? Are you no, saying- I, I think it's that the Cardinals are just kind of playing their cards close to the vest. Cause oh, I, I, they, they kind of got, they kind of got everyone. What is really going on? No one truly knows. Cause they do got the quarter. They're not going to draft him with Josh Rosen on the team. Now, could you trade him draft day? Do you think that's an option? Trading him draft yeah, absolutely. day? Rosen. Yes. You think that's the move? Just hold him? Uh, yeah. I, uh, to me, that makes more sense than doing it today. But to me, if you do that, OTAs always start a yeah, couple weeks Yeah, I know people are draft, in free agency. You know, bring them in, that's kind of fucked up. Plus to me, free agency is not a big deal. It's more, oh, yeah. Like, you allow... The Dolphins assigned Teddy. You just limit your like. You have the best options right now, and right. they do have a really good option because they're going. We're giving you a twenty-three year old that even if you didn't love as a first rounder, we're giving to him as a second rounder, and he doesn't cost very much. Here's money. the other thing: is I he know. the best agent on the market, guy? Huh? Of all the Teddy Bridgewater, the Nick Foles, wouldn't you rather have Josh Rosen for eight million dollars over the next four years? Yeah, if you really like Josh, yeah, if you think he's a good, if you think like but, I think part of this evaluation is like relative to the to the crew. I mean, how could you not? I'd rather take my chances with Rosen over Teddy. Yeah, um, I also think we have to. I don't know. I just thought of this. Like Cliff did come from the college from college football. And college football is different when it comes to how they handle their quarterbacks in the NFL. Like in college, I'm just going to recruit the three best guys I can get, unless one of them says, you have to stop recruiting quarterbacks when I sign. And I'll figure it out when they get here. They're going to play it out. He legitimately had that problem three times. We've seen him deal with this. So maybe I'm just open to the – maybe he's thinking, I don't – fuck, I don't have to get rid of Josh. I'll draft Kyler and and I'll lead the meeting with both of them. Well, if if you're telling me right now I can't get better than a third for Josh anyway, then what's my rush? But that's not. But Kime's making those choices. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. Like I, I, I'm just, I I just wonder. Do they look at it that way? Like we can't have them both here at the same time. I think if the move is to maximize value, you trade them. You know, in the moratorium. You know, like Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, that's when you trade them. If the move is to just. Roll the dice, see what you get come wherever. But those teams are, if I'm, you know, who are the teams that we've been, Washington. I, I can't wait. I have to go sign Teddy Bridgewater for a one year or two years, $20 million. I got to go sign Nick Foles if I'm the Jaguars. Right. Because if you're, if you're the Jaguars, I guess with, with Flip, you know Foles. Would you rather just take your chances with Josh? Josh is cheap, guy. But I still want him to be good. Like, what if my evaluation of him is I don't quite like but I, him? But I do think that most people think that he's pretty solid. Like, whether he was a first-rounder, some people probably disagreed. But I'd say everyone had him as, like, a top 50, 60 player in his draft. Right. I, 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 that but it, but I'm just saying, if your evaluation is I think Nick Foles is better, I'd rather do that, then I understand that. That's all I'm saying. Foles is probably a bad example. But, Ted, I, I but Teddy, be because of the health, like, yeah. But te- but he's also you're not getting Teddy for two million bucks. You're right. getting him. You probably got to pay. What's a two year deal for Teddy? Probably have to guarantee him like twenty million. 
Oh. We, well, but guy, that's just Pass. Ryan Tannehill. These guys. I mean, this is just. Bortles, it is what it is. Bortles will be available if, if the Jags sign pulls. But that's what I'm saying. Like Bortles can be your backup with Rosen as a starter, and you can financially make it work because you're take you're going to pay Bortles no matter what. I I, I think Rosen has gone from kind of overanalyzed last year during the draft, went to the worst possible spot because they were in shambles, to now clearly undervalued. I agree. I do agree I, with I think, that. to me, you're crazy because even if you give up a second-round pick, I think about this. The What's the going rate in the draft for a backup? They usually start getting drafted backup quarterbacks in the third round. C.J. Beathard, Mason Rudolph. Luletta. Like, that's kind of – you start drafting backup quarterbacks between pick 75 and 125. Now, quarterbacks get drafted in the 5th, 6th, and 7th. But teams start pulling the trigger on guys that they 100% know are not going to be the starter mid-third. I know. Nope. That was my logic on the on get, on the Steelers trading for him. Like, if you're going to use a pick on some random guy anyway. I think their fans would go, well – We've drafted a fourth rounder two years ago on Dobbs. Last year we drafted a third rounder. Now I'd go, well, fuck you, get you yeah, and we got, and we evaluated them and they're not good enough. For, yeah, you, so you are you better off holding out hope or just moving on? Yeah. Uh, Would you think, rather have Josh Rosen or Mason Rudolph? Jo- Come on, I'd rather have Josh Dobbs than Mason Rudolph. I mean, they would. They. I don't really. Roethlisberger. Do you think Roethlisberger? I heard someone say this yesterday. Would he handle? Would Ben handle Rosen around him well? No, it'd be awful, <laughs> which is why I'm all for it. Now, you know, Ben is part of this Antonio Brown thing. The Antonio Brown Raider rumors persist. And it makes me go back to something we talked about a, a while ago, like last 2018, which is, is the draft really going to happen? And John Gruden, who loves vets, is he really, with three first-round picks, not going to use one of those picks on a trade? I mean, we've been talking about this for months. So now we're getting closer and closer and closer. Middlecoff, and what do you know? There is a player out there who could be had for a first-round pick who John Gruden happened to call the hardest-working player he'd ever seen. Where Did you see? Did he say that back on Monday night? Because I heard someone play that audio today on the radio, and I didn't know... I would imagine he said it maybe early on with the Raiders when Antonio Brown wasn't going to get traded or when he's on Monday night. And he, he said it actually it, kind of made some sense because he had the opportunity to watch practices. Yeah, he said it when he was getting ready to call a Steelers game for ESPN. That all young receivers, it's like, John, how are all young receivers supposed to get to Pittsburgh practice? But should see, I, I, get, I mean, he wasn't, I understood what he was saying. Should go watch Antonio practice. Yeah, he, he brought up a good point. He's like, I watched Jerry Rice practice. This guy practiced equally, if not harder. And that is the that is the thing. Because I remember when this year, who they oh they played the Fitzmagic. Remember early in the season, and it was kind of a good game. Fitzmagic almost came back, and Antonio made some plays. And Antonio came at the end of the game. You know how Lewis, Steve Young, and Susie have a player at the end of a Monday night game, and Lewis is like just kind of oh, called him the hardest working player in the league. And that is, that's what kind of makes this weird is by respected people in the NFL, he's widely considered one of the hardest. Was working Lewis on the Raiders with, with Jerry? Uh, no. Okay. He was only on it for one, I think Gruden's first year. Anyway, keep going. But, but I, I like 
smart people and people in the league just consider, yeah, he's one of the harder workers. But that's not really his beef. But it's also kind of made sense when I heard that when John say it, the audio was like, I could see where John's looking at Mike going, listen, we'll handle the personality. We need this guy to fucking all the players to look, see how hard you have to practice. It, I do. It does make sense why Gruden really likes him. And, and honestly, it made sense. Like, I could see why Gruden was like, I'm not into Amari's work ethic. Just, I, you know, I want a guy that just running through. What, what was Jerry famous for? Taking like five yard slants in practice, and he'd run it all the way through the end zone and run back. Which now, with the time limits on practice, inefficient. You know, we're killing time here. We got to be off the field, or else there's going to be a violation. By the time you're listening to this, the trade might already happen because you see the Steelers kind of gave them the ultimatum. Like all the teams that are interested, I need your final offer by Friday. Let's get this podcast. Hey, Friday morning. If John Gruden trades the pick twenty-seven. It's one of the crazier things I've ever seen because this team is not equipped for a player like that, one. And two, a lot of people say, well, we basically just traded Amari for Antonio Brown. And in a vacuum, it works. But this is not in a vacuum. You're paying a 31-year-old, and I saw Rap Sheet said the one thing that's already making teams that are even interested a little squeamish, he said countless times on Instagram, I want a new deal. Well, Guy, what's the starting point for his deal? He already – it's not like his you know cap has making – this year is $22 million. Which isn't a big deal for the Raiders. And then next year it's 18 and then next year it's 19. But it, it, but Raiders be pointed out, like, it's barely, like, it's almost as much as your quarterback. Which, okay, if you've got the money, use it. But again, he, use it. But he, he'll play this year for 15. He wants to, how, what's his cash next year? You have the contract in front of you? Yeah. His cap hit in 2020? Is that what, what you're asking what's his What's his yearly cap? Like, what's his salary? His base is eleven three. Yeah, he ain't. He said he is not. He'll play this year on the fifteen because he's still the highest or second highest in the league. He, that he ain't doing that. Like oh, next right, right, year, right. There's a come to Jesus moment at the end of the season where we're ripping it up. Yeah. and we're redoing a contract that's already paying him a shitload. We need to get that to probably like seventeen, seventeen, seventeen. Yeah, like I don't care about your cap hit. Somebody else paid me the bonus. So to me, if he said if he was going to play on that, you'd feel pretty good about it. But he's he's said multiple times that we ain't doing that. So again, this is my whole thing with him that he handling it poorly. I, I think if all he was doing was crushing Ben, people would be like, yeah, but we think Ben's an idiot too. I, I don't think other teams would be that down on him. But it's the contract. Like I ain't playing on this. We're going to get a new deal here soon. Like what? You already you got a big ass deal. That that's I think makes teams more nervous than him calling Ben a fraud. Because I wouldn't you imagine if you got thirty two coaches and thirty two GMs, or let's just go thirty one. Eh, Tomlin might give you might blast him too, and just like drinking beers, just talk Roethlisberger. A lot of them would rip Roethlisberger. Yeah, he would get a lot of sympathy. So to me, that's. He's cool there. No one cares about him saying that Roethlisberger threw it to the D line and called him on a bad route. It's the contract thing. They're like, hey guys, you see what he said on Instagram? He, he ain't playing for that eleven. This is where, like, if and this is where, if he had just stayed quiet, I think the trade would probably already. Ha- if he would have said nothing, just like Odell, off season of just nothing, would he have already been traded? Or do you think for them, why not just wait till free agents to see if fish I mean, starts? I'm not convinced he'd be traded by now because there'd be less pressure on the Steelers to do it right now, too. 
You're just saying, though, yeah. would somebody have felt better about why offering would them? Yeah. But your point is, well, maybe somebody would have just offered them a first and they would have said, like, you made the point earlier before we started the podcast, they've done a pretty, they did a pretty good job. They evaluated, you know what, the situation with Martavis Bryant, we got to move on. Uh, Juju, they evaluated well. Hell, they evaluated Antonio well the first time. Like, do they get enough credit? Doing trades with the Patriots is always a little hairy, although you can get good players from them. But is this the team I want to be taking the wide receiver they don't want from? I'm not so sure. Especially when I did a deal with them last year from the Raiders, and we saw how that worked out. We got fleeced. Under no circumstances would I, if the Steelers were offering me a wide receiver, would I take the wide receiver? (laughs) Under zero, it it wouldn't even be an option. Especially because it's a franchise that does keep it lot. Especially because the franchise that does want to keep it stars, like they're not just like turning guys over. No, uh, one they're kind of been a, I mean, in our lifetime, a star team, right? When you think the Steelers, you don't just think the Steelers; you think just star players. And they've had several stars, but they replace the receivers. Oh, Plaxico, see ya. Here's Mike Wallace, see ya. Here's Antonio Brown, see ya. Here's Emmanuel Sanders, see ya. They they just do a and Roethlisberger's kind of been a staple. You say Mike and Wallace. Our, Mike Wallace, yeah. Who's another guy? Well, remember, Ben's guy forever was Heath Miller, who was pretty good. And then they just kind of rotated. Heinz Ward? Yeah. I mean, think, they kind of resurrected Vance's career, did they not? Resurrect would be strong, but he's been a solid yeah, place for him. Yeah. He was, he's been a much better sealer than he was a Niner. I would imagine he'd tell you it's the best thing that ever happened in my career. Sure. So and they draft receivers every year. I mean, last year they took in the second round kid from Okie State, James Washington. That was pretty good. But would you be shocked if when they trade Antonio next year, oh, this James Washington guy and Juju is pretty good. Hell, they got they made Darius Hayward Bay a productive player. He was a good sealer. I I, I would not. Yeah, if you're giving him away, okay, I'll take Antonio Brown for a third rounder and deal with you. That that's where like if Gruden. If Gruden would have traded the third rounder for Antonio Brown, I'll oh, totally get it. That's worth the risk. But once you get second round, and it's one thing just second round. I mean, are we talking pick 66 or are we talking pick 35? And for Gruden, we're talking pick 35. Many people in the league would say, God, best value in the league, 34, 35, 36, because you, yeah. you can get a starter that costs you for three, three and a half years if you don't want to extend him to his fourth year. You're getting him at like a million per. It's the best deal in the league, to me, the second rounder, because of the player you're getting and the price you pay him. Well, but this is where, again, and, and like the fact that Gruden has three of these picks makes you wonder if he's going to feel like you can afford to overpay for one for something you really want because you've got this flexibility in theory that other people don't have. Lock and Forrest said today that Browns, Raiders, Niners are all in on Odell Beckham. Those are the leaders for Odell Beckham. Same conversation. Now, you'd, you'd be more inclined to tell the Raiders to take this player than Antonio. But as you said on Twitter, are we sure Al Davis wouldn't isn't whispering to John Gruden to go get them both? Go get Odell and Antonio? Because he has the ammo for that, too. Because he could, <laughs> if you wanted to. Do you agree with that? Yeah, because if you're the Giants, you would take the pick swap and a one or the pick swap and a one and a two. There's really 
a few different variations that Gruden can offer you that I think would be attractive to the Giants, right? If I said uh, a pick swap, which doesn't do a lot for you, but I'll also give you one of my other firsts and I'll give you a second. Do you do that if you're the Giants? So you go, you're I talking go, the Niners. I'm saying you're the saying- Raiders. I'm saying a, they're a two, a one, and a pick swap. This year's one of their ones, one of their second, and then a pick swap four and six. Is that so not get, enough? Okay, so this is what I get for Odo Beckham. I get four. Yeah. I no longer have six. You, the Raiders got six. I get pick 27, and I get pick 35. Right. Is that better than pick two, pick 36, and next year's two? That's a lot, guy. Um, and that would that be the Niners offer. Well... The Raiders deal is better. Because you're thinking, um, I can get... Unless... Unless you love unless, Joey Bosa. Yeah. G- Nick. Is that what you're going to say? Nick Bosa. Got to keep doing yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless you've targeted one player. Unless you think he's a franchise changer, yeah. But I, I don't think the Raiders can do that in good faith. When I say good faith, like, I mean... If they have a con- like, you just keep, you can't restart and then go vets. But that's the question: Are they what? Uh, are they rebuilding or what? Because you go vet with one of these picks, like we could, you know, we might look back two, three years and say this first round decided the future for John Gruden. What did he do? Did he draft just offensive players and with two of the picks and trade one of them for Antonio Brown, or did he sand pat take the best player available all three picks? Who knows whoever that was, but it was a pass rusher with the first. You know, I don't know. Did he over, did he reach for DK Metcalf or did he, you know, I, I, who knows? I don't know. Like this thing, like it all comes back to this year. Did would he, he get crushed if he took DK Metcalf at four? You know what Bruce Feldman said today? Talk, you know the DK's from Oxford? I was, saw No, I didn't Bruce, say. He had a tweet like he grew up in Oxford, played out. He spent his whole life in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh... Bruce Feldman said today on Sirius XM that uh, yeah, it's a good guess. He said Leaf knows him. He said that people at Ole Miss think the DK Metcalf is not a natural pass catcher. It's a knock on him. He doesn't have great hands from inside the building. Like uh, nah, a little well, but but, it, but again, neither was Vernon. When you're that athletic, you're open. Was right. Vernon worth the fifth pick? Yes. If DK is Vernon of wide receivers, is he worth a top five pick? I mean, there was a while there where Vernon wasn't Vernon Davis early. Yeah, but it was, but it's, he's never been able to catch. He just wasn't very good. He didn't know what to do. I'm just saying, know? like, early on, it wasn't like, yeah, I would do that over again. Number but five but he had a five-year stretch where it was like he was a, no he doubt. Was a five-time pro bowler. Took a while to get there, though. Took Mike well, Singletary to get there. I'm just saying it wasn't like a, sh- a home run from the jump. That's all I'm saying. No, it was a disaster. <laughs> but uh, you, you probably could argue with him as, you know, Alex was terrible. I'm just seeing how many. He's only made the Pro Bowl twice. Second team All-Pro. Yeah. Part of it depends on what, are there a Pro You know Bowl? that he's a Super Bowl champion? Who? Vernon Davis. <laughs> he was on the Denver Broncos. Oh! Remember when Valky traded him to L.A.? I forgot about that. I did, did not you know remember that. that Vernon was a Super Bowl champion. No, if you had asked me, did he win a Super Bowl? I'd be like, what are you talking about? 
I'm reading his wiki. Davis made a key block during a crucial 34-yard run by C.J. Anderson, the longest rush of the game. Like, he played in the game. Despite he ended the Super Bowl with no receptions, but he played. Yeah, I mean, I... Decoy. It is a little easier to get open to when you're like that speed, when you're speed demon at tight end because the guy's covering you than at cor- at wide receiver, right? So if you can't catch the ball, you probably can't take a five. But, I mean, regar- prob- but regardless, I mean, like, no, I know. You could make but the I, case. I, I just love the DK Metcalf story. I know. I do. You could make the case, couldn't you, that the Raiders are better served trading the worst of their first round picks for Antonio than than trading anything more than one first-round pick for a, for a veteran wide receiver, even if that guy's Odell Beckham. Like, in the end, what they're better served is holding on to their picks, paying Antonio, extending him next year, and um, making sure that they still have two firsts and a second-round pick this year. To me, guy, you just... Who is offering more than pick 35? I don't like giving to pick 35, but I can live with about it. For who? Odell? For Antonio. Oh. Yeah, but I'm saying like that, whatever, I'm just saying whatever your trade is, you can make the case that even if you like and think Odell's a better fit and you like him more for the Raiders. You got to pay more. You have to pay more and there is not, that cost is not worth it to the Oakland Raiders. That paying with money is better for them right now than paying with picks. And they can pay yes. Antonio with money later. But I think Gruden might tell you, too, like, unlike the Niners, they don't have many bullets in the gun. So they, they're lucky they got a really high pick that their pick swap can help them out with their additional whatever they throw on, like two twos. Where the Raiders, that one makes the pick swap and their picks are so close, you don't even may, might not need to do a pick swap because I could just give you a 27 and 35 for Odell and 24 for Brown or some, you know, order in there. I mean, again, if the Raiders really want them, they could get both. For the Niners, can the Niners even make the best offer? Now, if he does give 27 for Antonio Brown and Gruden still has 24 and 35, I think if you're Mike, you go, John, under no circumstances. Next year, we don't have a second because we did a pick swap with the Bears. We do have two seconds, but I think it's safe to assume, or I mean two ones, it's safe to assume the Bears are more than likely probably going to draft in the 20s, right? Right. Would, would that be, if you were in the building and you were projecting, you'd go, well, if they had a bad year, they're still so sound on defense. They're probably 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, that pick is 17 or high, 18 or high. It's not going to be a great one. So we got to, let's use, I mean, let's use these two ones in what's known as a great fucking draft. I, and it does feel like there's a chance, like, damn. They got, because it wouldn't absolutely blow you out of your chair if I told you, if I text you tomorrow, oh my God, guy, he just traded for Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham. That would blow me, no, no, it would, that would knock me out of my chair. That'd be insane. It would be insane, the move, but he has the ammo to easily pull it off. I know, but I would, and I still, we're talking, you are telling me I shouldn't be surprised or shouldn't be blown out of my chair. I would be blown, like, that would be insane. Would you give them a chance to win the division if I said they got still got pick six, but they got Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown, but they don't have pick 24, 27, or 35? Um, I mean, so you I, get like at I Oliver should, but I've just be, be, football just is so. Would know. Odell and AB work together? 
I don't know. That'd be, that'd be, that, talk about walking the tightrope. <laughs> that'd be wild. That'd be incredible. I, I would want them to, I would then say, you know what? We need to do whatever we can do to get the Raiders to stay here. That'd be, it'd be, they'd be entertaining at least. And by the way, Odell to the Browns, just, that was the other team that Jason mentioned. Wouldn't shock me if Dorsey did it. Uh, the one thing, if you're the Giants, to me, if you could pick, you would trade him to the Raiders because I think you'd think he'd be bad. Like you, if you are going to trade him, you want to trade him to a place that you get good compensation, obviously, but also a place that you go, you know, we don't have to think about him that much. He's on a four or five win team. To me, the Browns, they got Odell Beckham. They'd have Jarvis Landry. They'd be pretty equipped with Nick Chubb, the fucking tight end, the Joku, Baker. They would be a very – they already are, but they'd be a playoff team guy. Fair point. In theory, again, can Freddie coach? Rooting for him, but – Freddie Kitch, baby. Do you think Freddie – do you think Freddie Kitchen makes the playoffs year one? No. Because if Freddie Kitchen makes the playoffs next year, regardless of record, he's the coach of the year, right? For the Cleveland Browns to make the playoffs, Freddie Kitchens? It'd be hard. Regardless of record, I mean, like, what else happens, though? Like – there are other things that can happen. Okay, not regardless of record. Eleven plus. Baker Mayfield. Eleven coach. wins. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody Fred, else can a, do anything. A lock coach of the year in eleven and five. Right. A lock. Ten and six borderline lock. Browns. Yes. I mean, the only thing the to AFC me is like if the would the Bills somehow, like the Bills would be a team to me that could sneak up and. But make, but I'd say Sean McDermott made the playoffs two years ago. Why so we know? I know, but. Freddie Kitchens, the Browns. Freddie Kitchens, uh, yeah, you yeah. didn't even know who Freddie Kitchens was two years ago. Okay, like, you've right. known who Sean McDermott was for. Honestly, nine and seven and a wild card might do it. That's what I'm saying. I, if Freddie Kitchens is in the playoffs, I think there's net guy. I'm gonna Lindsay's odds come out. Would it be crazy just to put like five hundred dollars on Freddie Kitchens? You're just betting on them making the playoffs. He'd be hard pressed to lose it. Five hundred on Freddie Kitchens. Well, but I, but I bet his odds will be like twenty to one. Yeah, the so odds are hard. good. Yeah. But you're still taking five hundred bucks to put it on the Browns. Browns fans yeah, will tell yeah. you. Browns fans will tell you that's again, guy. You got to risk it to get the biscuit, as Bruce Arians would say. Yeah, it's, it's a good call. Uh, all right. Speaking of Bruce Arians, his former team, one of his former players, is available. A lot of safeties on the market. All of a sudden, Tyron Matthew. I saw. I, I'm sitting on Twitter. I'm like. Tyron Matthew, I'm going to make the non-believers believe or something. I'm like, what's going on? Ty- Tyron got cut. Uh, Landon Collins is available. Eric Weddle. That surprised people, I guess. Um, Earl Thomas. A lot of safeties available on the market. If you could pick one. I don't even need to rank all four. But I'm well, going to Well, three guess- of them are not like the – I mean, Landon Collins is like Cam Chancellor. The other three are, to me, more in space, making plays on the ball. Can't, it, to me, Landon is like a hammer. He's He can cover. He's just a good player. I mean, he's made the let's Pro Bowl say, Let's say times. you need both, okay, that you could take like either. The, like the, the Niners would tell you and the Raiders would tell you, like Carl Joseph and Kwaski, you know, are, are hitters. Right. We need a cover guy. But let's just say – so for them, would you just put Tyron ahead of Earl and Eric just because Earl's hurt and Eric's older and Tyron Matthew – would you put him above those other two? Do you have the ages in front of you? Uh, no, but I'm going to guess that uh, if this was baseball, Eric Weddle and, and uh, Earl Thomas would both be 37. 
It's not baseball. So Eric Weddle is 34, just turned. Uh, to me, it's not even a question. Tyron Matthew guy turns doesn't turn 27 till May. Earl Thomas turn, uh, turns 29 in May. God, he's a little younger than you think, too. Yeah. Him and, him and the Honey Badger came in the league so young. Landon I, Collins is twenty five. Just turned twenty five. I just like what the Honey Badger is bringing to the table. He's just he's been a consistent team captain everywhere he's been. He's just a high level guy. Turned his life around. Overcame injuries because you're dealing with the two guys. Him and Earl have had injuries. Now Earl's a better player in his peak, but I think Tyron was helped kind of revitalize that Houston team. I, I would take Matthew because you probably got to pay a little more, but Earl's going to be kind of edgy because he wants this enormous deal. But is anyone giving him enormous deal? Who's the fourth guy? To me, Weddle is on. He was on the back burner. Remember him three years ago when the Chargers cut him or let him walk? He didn't get signed to like the middle of the second week, and that was three years ago. So to me, Weddle is going to be the last domino of these this group. The, the thing that makes Honey Badger unique were Landon and Earl, their teams don't want them. Like Earl Thomas is done with Seattle. Landon Collins, we know for a fact, they didn't franchise him. They're like, you can leave. The Houston Texans want to keep the Honey Badger. The problem is he's not. it doesn't make sense for him to sign an extension until he realizes, like, if three or four teams like me, <laughs> just look at Jarek McKinnon last year. It just drives up the price. Right. He's actually playing it right because it does kind of feel like, damn, he kind of liked it there. It was a good spot for him. I bet his agents, listen, even if you want to stay, we'll get you 50% more. We just You just got to wait a month. It sucks because I, we've all been there. Someone said, God, the, the Texans are offering you right now a four-year, $40 million deal for $30 million guaranteed. Let's just say hypothetically. Your agent would say, no, wait. Because there's too much money on the market. John, I'd be in. I'd be all in on Tyron Matthew for the, if I'm the 49ers. What what number guaranteed would you go up with him? 35, 40. I was gonna say 40. Honestly, that might be a yeah. little high, but no. But but he's 26, guy. Yeah. And he's been beloved, beloved by the guys. I'd like Landon, but again. He might be next on my list. Not well, team would specific. You do, would, you do, would you do this guy? In your big trade for Odell. Ooh. Try to go. Kwaski? I'll give you. I'll throw in Kwaski. You also. I'll take Olivier Vernon's contract. Mm. Which is what? So like you, 11 million this year or something? It's a, it's a lot. So I'll, th- I'll throw you Kwaski because you're going to need a strong safety. And then go after like Tyron and Landon. How do you like that? Problem is, like I just I'm take I'm taking on money as I'm about to go try and spend more money. It's, you got a, a guy. I mean, you just got uh, you got a lot of money to spend. Yeah. You, you want to get the people buzzing, or you want to get the people buzzing? I just want to win. I don't need to get them buzzed. Is Olivier Vernon yeah. getting them buzzing? Yeah, but he doesn't hurt. He just gives you. It takes a little pressure off the pick, and he's just a he's an upgrade. Again, you got to spend it. Uh, his cap hit this year is uh, 19 and a half. Yeah, it's big. I mean, they and signed his him to a cat, historic contract. His cash is 15 and a half the next two years. He, ma- he ma- makes a lot of money. <laughs> so 11 was low. You want Beckham? 
Because what would you imagine? But they could just cut Olivier. They don't need to trade him to me. They could just cut him. But some, but there's so much money. Someone would give them like a six round pick just to get him. So would you just say, hey, throw him in? I'll give you Kwaski, and then I'll also get Landon and Tyron. Does that lower or, the Does it lower the cost on Odell? Yeah, pick swap in a second. Oh, Kwaski, you give me Olivier. Pick and swap you in give a second. A deal. And next year's three. And you send me your next year's two, right? That's how this is done. Yeah, no, I don't think You so. send me the good player. I send you a third. You send me a second, right? Only Gruden, only Gruden knows oh, that. That's not, far, that's not how the league works? No. Okay. Because um, that's what a lot of people would be like. I was getting this a lot on Raiders Twitter yesterday. Hmm. I'm okay with giving 27 for Antonio Brown, but they got to give us like the 2022. I'm like, listen. In NFL trades, I was thinking about this. In the, in basketball, what makes this, you can't do these trades. Like, I can't just trade you a max guy for a pick. You got to make the money work. That's a great part about the NFL. It's not, trades aren't very complicated. Like, I can just give you the number one overall pick for fucking Odell Beck. You can just do, it's just the money, the money does not equal, but it doesn't right. matter. Right. It's what, it's why there is a lot of trades that happen. I can just give you a, a six round pick for Olivier Vernon, even though a six round pick is going to make, the guy might not even make the team, and Olivier's on the books for thirty plus million. But I, teams do not. If I have Antonio Brown, even if he's the craziest motherfucker in the league, if I'm giving you Antonio Brown, you get nothing else. Now, maybe if you're like, I'll give you twenty four and twenty seven for Antonio Brown, and my next year I'd do something like that. <laughs> I mean, if you just give me an, such an offer, but the. Where the Raiders got crushed in the MAC trade was there is no chance they would have said no to the MAC trade if you just would have said two ones and a three. You did not have to do a swap. That's the deal. Two ones and a three, deal. You don't have to include your second. They are going to say yes. That's Somebody, a sleeper. If yeah. the Raiders suck this year and somehow the, the Bears, who don't have a one but end up with like pick 34, that's a pretty big win for them. Even if it's 37. I, even if it's 42. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, John. Yesterday, a bit of uh, NBA history. LeBron James passed Michael Jordan to move into fourth place on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Michael's now fourth, right? Um, and uh, LeBron did it in a Lakers uniform, wearing number 23. He tweeted after the game or before the game, can't even front. This is going to be unreal. Wow, man. What if he had gone for like six points in the game last night? Had like a historically bad shooting percentage. So weird. This whole thing is so weird. And I saw somebody, God, I wish I could remember who I saw tweet this this morning, was like, oh, this was the time LeBron signed a four-year contract. I was like, God, that's a great point. But do you think he would leave L.A.? No, but it's just, you know, it, it, to me it's just fascinating. Like, it's just interesting that he did it. Now, like you said, or somebody else told me this today, I was like, it's a good point. And it's kind of your point. It's like, it, would LeBron undo all this if he could? If he could do this over again, knowing how this went, would he sign somewhere else? No. Exactly. No. He was coming to L.A. He came as a business mercenary to make money. He, In his mind, he'd done his winning. I I was like, everyone was killing him for the tweet. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not even going to give my opinion. I don't even care. Who's What's the list? Kareem, one. Carl Malone, two. Kobe. Who's three? Yeah. 
What's it going to be like uh, when he passes him in fourteen hundred point, uh, thirteen hundred points? Uh, Will that be next year? How many points you score? Thirty times. That might be a year or two. Yeah, he he would one hundred percent not have undone it. I, I also think sometimes, like he's a Twitter generation guy. I tweet a lot too. I mean, people tweet, but to to not have the common sense when your team is in a free fall. The thing I thought, guy, when he tweeted that. What that was, like, to his fans, that's a really big deal. That was kind of a fuck you to the Laker fans. Like, you, you, this whole thing means nothing to me. And we've been talking about this for a while, but that tweet to me symbolizes everything. Like, LeBron, your team is in a free fall. They, they're going to miss the playoffs for the first time in, since the second year in the league he hasn't made the playoffs. I mean, that's, a, yeah, that's 14 years. It, but again, like, LeBron, this isn't the Cavaliers. This is not even the Heat. This is the fucking Los Angeles Lakers, who even the craziest fan did not expect you to be a champion, but to be 45, 50 wins, you might not get to 35. To tweet that before the game, again, this is not Cleveland. Like They've experienced Kobe, Wilt, the Stars. I, I get it. He's passing Michael, and it really is a big deal for him, and it should be. I mean, he's passed Michael Jordan for points. That's a big deal. I, I just – I try to be like, if I was LeBron James, would I have tweeted that? And I hope the answer is no. Would a lot of people have tweeted that? I don't think they would have. But, again, I, I don't think LeBron looks at the Lakers like me and you. I, I don't think he gives a shit. He, I think he views the Laker fans as just, you're going to watch me no matter what. Fuck you. You're going to buy your kids my shoes, which I got an East Bay in the uh, – Mail recently. I oh. checked. LeBron, LeBron's shoes are not cheap. When was the last time you got an East Bay? I get them randomly a couple times a year. Um, you know, but LeBron's shoes go for like one ninety. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, you, you're passing Michael Jordan. So, but to do a pregame tweet? No, no. Yeah, I get it. I'm just saying you're passing Michael. You're probably so. I would understand. You're sitting in the locker room. You're like. I remember shaking Michael's hand in the hallway when I was a high school kid, and he was Michael Jordan on the Wizards. And I wore 23 because of him. And you're just sitting there thinking about it. You're like, this is wild. But that aside. I almost said, God, you met Michael Jordan when he was on the Wizards? <laughs> you're talking about LeBron. Well, LeBron, yeah. Um, when I was a high school star, John, I met Michael. Uh, I told him, I'm going to be like you one day. Um, but. This fran- this is a franchise that has had a lot of stars, right? Like you could, ar- Laker fans can argue about who their greatest star is, and you'd be like, oh yeah, good point. Oh wait, yeah, good point about that guy. Oh yeah, Wilt, but also Shaq, but also Kobe, but also Jerry West, who's the logo. Good call on that one. Oh, but what about Magic? Right? Like there might be a hierarchy in scoring over the little league. before my time, but I heard Elgin Baylor is pretty good. George Mikan, oh yeah, George Mikan, Elgin Baylor. Um, so there's a hierarchy in the NBA, but like you said, among Laker fans, there's not just some list that everybody agrees to. And, you know, I think it'll be really interesting. Now, there is time, like you said, before he passes. Elgin was a just a 10-time All-NBA first team. Not bad, not bad. Yeah. There's time before he passes Kobe, but that one's going to be fascinating. How do Laker fans, if we could do just like every, let's get every Laker fan on the record. How do we feel about this? I would guess the vast majority of them would be, would, when it's all said and done, 
would wish Elgin was ahead on that list. Elgin was a fucking legend. He was the final four most outstanding player, too, back in 58. So, I mean, if you're a 70-year-old Laker fan, the Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, even before Magic showed up, guy, it'd be like being a 90-year-old Yankee fan in the late 90s. You'd be like, yeah, I've seen Mickey, I've seen Garrick. Hell, I even, I was alive when Ruth was alive. I, I, I think LeBron has turned a lot of people off just like, is this guy kind of a clown? You know, just, is this whole deal just kind of, what, what are we doing here? I thought we were getting him to win. And it's just not. Because that's the one thing, one part of Kobe's legacy is it never felt fluffy. It felt like, yeah, he just he's a dick and God, he took a lot of money. But you could never say, you know what? Kobe doesn't give a shit. The one thing you'd always say, even haters like me and you probably at times, he oh, yeah. gave a shit. Yeah. He gave a shit. That's why I miss him. He really gave a shit. It's why actually I've kind of grown on Russ. It's like, you know what? This guy just kind of cares. You just, if there were more Russell Westbrooks in the, in the NBA, maybe the ratings wouldn't be tanking. It just looks like he cares. Wouldn't you agree if you just casually turn, flip the channels on like a Wednesday night or something and OKC's on and you just stay, stay there for five minutes, you never watch and don't see him just run around really fast. You just feel his presence immediately. Like, God, double yeah. zeros. God, he's flying around. Right. And, you- and the same thing with Kobe. just... LeBron, he just he's so good he can loaf. That's it's not fun to watch guys loafing. The Bay Area can tell you that we've seen the Warriors loaf and they win winning championships like God, this is kind of getting boring. Le- LeBron is the ultimate elite loafer because he can get 25, 10, and 9 and be like you, number Twitter loves to go, You're blaming it on LeBron. He's averaging 28, 7, and 11. Yeah, he can do that shit in his sleep. <laughs> it's not, this isn't that difficult for him. But I, I know when I watch him, when he tries. And the other night, when their season was on the line, and Beverly was fucking with him, and Montrose Harrell was messing with him, and the crowd was kind of messing with him, he got into it. And you know what? I, at least LeBron's going to go out, he's not going to go out like a chump, and he tried. But he's just, too many games, he's kind of been like a chump. And when I say a chump, I, I mean the highest level. Like He just doesn't care. I, I think we all... Would, if we go back to before the season gone, yeah, this could be weird, but I didn't expect it to be like this. This has been really weird. Colin it, was talking about this morning, one thing that he had heard, was there rumblings in the Lakers' locker room? Like last night, Brandon Ingram hasn't played for the last couple weeks with sore, sore shoulder. People th- around the Lakers think they're like, he's not that hurt, but he's also like, I'm not going to battle through this for this guy. Because some people were saying why wouldn't he want to be part of that milestone because to them the milestone's like what this is stupid i don't this guy doesn't even feel like he's my teammate also all these television shows and all these productions he ain't inviting any of them on (laughs) he just hasn't been very inclusive with those guys and and it'd be one thing if you'd be like you know like let's say kuzma and ingram and lonzo we're just viewed as royal dicks. Be like, these guys are the meanest young guys in the league. Wouldn't you say for the most part, people's like, yeah, Kuzma and Ingram feel pretty easy going. Yeah. You know? They're just, yeah, they're just, there's a picture of, uh, oh, there, there's uh, there's Kuzma with some naked chick on a boat. Oh, there's Ingram, just looks really sleepy. There's Lon, one thing you say about Lonzo and everyone's defending Been in the weight room. Lavar's Le- crazy, but God, Lonzo's pretty nice. Lonzo looks like he works hard. He's Jack now, so. 
Why, why, why doesn't he include any of those three guys in any and just try? He has made no effort, none. So that's where, yeah, his stats are fine, but he knows what he's doing. He's been the fucking team captain in the of the league forever, let alone his teams. He didn't even care. It was just kind of like a vacation year. No. He had a vacation year, guy, with the Lakers. I, I think he could have pulled, pulled it off with Cleveland. We did with the Lakers, uh, and 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 he's gonna be able to say at the end of it like vacation year, guys. I passed Michael. Are you kidding me? Well, don't you think? Because I was thinking last night. I got Antonio his, Brown traded. In his world, in his echo chamber, does he think everyone's an idiot for even questioning all this stuff? Like I've tried really hard. I've, I've made an effort with these guys. It's a good question. Uh, maybe not. It might be. It might be. They don't understand. You guys don't know what I deal with. You don't know all the all the factors here, you know. Sometimes it's more that. Well, the the other thing I thought Colin said this morning that the day that he walked in, remember there was the video of him maybe mid injury. First off, when he hurt his growing growing, he disappeared. He enough. didn't travel with the team. He wasn't a part of it. He just went on his own. Yeah. And but he'd come back for the occasional home game. The one he brought wine openly brought wine to the game and Colin was like I got texts from NBA players in the league that were like that's that's kind of clown activity you know I mean that's ridiculous yeah and I even thought like that jumped the shark because you could how many players we've talked about before come stoned or whatever that's fine no one sees you but to walk in with the wine is basically I'm in charge which he kind of is though he's not it just I think he's lost touch with this power. He's just on this power trip. I want to show anyone, everyone, I can do whatever I want, which is great in theory. But that's you're not Tiger Woods. You're not playing an individual sport. You need other people, and a lot of people are thinking you're an idiot. You're also impacting these free agents. They're like, well, I don't want to deal with that crap. <laughs> I, my biggest question now moving forward is like, is it? Do you gonna... think the wine thing is even a big deal or no? I, I mean, big deal. I it's a deal. Like to me, it's not nothing. Like it's weird. Because what you're saying is, what I'm doing later is more important. But not, yeah. But I don't even think he's going out or anything. I just think it's just, I can show you I can drink wine while I'm sitting here on the bench. And you can't do shit. I think he loves that. You can't do shit. Which that mentality is fine. But LeBron, you're at the point now, you're making so much money. You're so good. Why? You're limiting yourself by being so angry. Kind of deep. I think he's angry at the man deep down. And who the man is, I don't really know, but I just mean authority. Right. I'm here to prove you guys. Which early in his career, like, everyone always believed in him. Like, I don't know who's doubting him. Guy, they had a Nike contract when he was like 15 years old. Yeah. No, no one doesn't believe in you, LeBron. But also, to me, that mentality when you kind of need to get everyone together for the greater good is counterproductive. And I think he's gone so extreme that way. Do you think he can come back? At a back time when he's reality? getting older as a player. Can he can he come back to reality? I don't see. That's what I was going to say. Like that to me is now the interesting part of the rest of his career. And I don't see how he can. Now, if his team gets better around him and can make up for his age and they can still really compete, it might not matter. But I don't. how do you come back? Why? why? No, I don't think so. Do you think he ever invites just a random player on the shop? A random – well, it won't be random. I mean, he'll be a clutch signee or something. 
Did you see the clip of Rondo sitting in the stands? No. Twitter? He sat at the stands. Yeah, Mark Jackson called it one of the most unprofessional things he's ever seen. Rondo Wait. said after the Rondo said after the game he's done it five or six times. That's so not that big a deal. In the stands it's strong, just in people's seats, way away from the bench. Oh, in his uniform. All right, I'm looking at it now. The game's going on. How about the kid, like, right next to him, just, just slouched in his pajamas? For whatever reason, that can't happen. Mark. That can't happen. For whatever reason, that can't happen. And I told that to LeBron via text message. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's... All right. That's one of those... Uh, I don't know if I'd quite notice it. I'd kind of laugh. But I bet NBA, there's just certain rules and protocols you follow. Like, what are you doing, man? I probably wouldn't have thought much of it if I saw it, but yeah. We checked the time. There's like a couple minutes left. Yeah. Four points. No. Why, did, why does no one on 48 that team? 48 seconds. Why does no one on that team ever sit together? Ever. And I'll tell you, they, they despise each other. Not a lot of room. You know, long legs. All right. Okay. Well, have a good note. weekend. Godspeed. Lunchtime. Peace. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.